Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 12 of season two. This week we are studying Matthew chapters 11 and 12 and Luke chapter 11. So for this uh, discussion, we're going to talk about a possible interpretation of a parable that's taught in one of these chapters, plus another lesson that the Savior um, taught as he instructed those who follow him. So let's start in Luke chapter 11, verses 24, 25, and 26. And that reads, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh to himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Now, I admit that for a long time this parable did not make much sense to me. Uh, It definitely seems like a cautionary tale, but it doesn't end with any sort of hope attached to it. So it was uh, difficult for me to understand. In the parable, the person's, the man's situation ends up worse than it was before. And so the question is, what could he have done differently? Um, and and that's what I'd like to focus on about this. Um, this idea of kind of personal change is something that obviously I'm familiar with as a psychologist, uh, especially as it relates to issues of substance abuse. Uh, the issues um, and the applications go well beyond that. We talked about this briefly a couple episodes ago. Um, how people with substance abuse issues eventually long, achieve long-term sobriety when they make significant and essential changes to their lives. So let's think about this parable for just a minute. Um, the man could represent us. The unclean spirit could represent some sort of negative behavior pattern or some sort of vice uh, or some sort of inaccurate thinking. And then the house could represent his typical way of living, kind of the way he's lived his life over and over again um in the past so even when the negative behavior or this unclean spirit is cast out if the man returns to his house or to his typical way of living then he is likely to have the same vices returned to him and possibly even more Um, and so then the question is how does how does one make that change how do you make the change when you're trying to get rid of that negative behavior pattern or that negative pattern pattern of thinking how do you make it so that you don't return to that there is a wonderful scripture in Jacob chapter five that talks about this and that kind of teaches this pattern of effective change. Now, Jacob chapter five is the allegory of the olive tree um, and the vineyard, and it's the longest chapter in the Book of Mormon. And I would dare say probably one of the most skipped over, maybe with the exception of the Isaiah chapters. And here's just a quick plea to you. Please don't skip over Jacob chapter five and don't skip over the Isaiah chapters. They are filled with wonderful wisdom and insights. Um, Instead of skipping over them, pray for eyes to see and for ears to hear as you study them. So back in Jacob chapter 5, you might recall about this, that the problem was, so the Lord had planted this vineyard full of, of tame and pure olive trees. But wild branches started to infest and grow in these trees, corrupting them. So the Lord and his servant were talking about how can they get the corrupt branches out of the trees and yet preserve the original and pure branches. 
Now, conventional wisdom might say, let's just cut out all the wild branches at once and start new, kind of like the man who in with the unclean spirit and he cast it all out and cleaned his house um, and his house was left empty. But this was not the best course for action for him. And it was not the best course of action for the olive trees. And it's not the best course of action for us. So if we read in Jacob chapter five, verses 65 and 66, it says, and as they, and they're referring to the good and pure branches, begin to grow, ye shall clear away the branches which bring forth bitter fruit, according to the strength and the good, the strength of the good and the size thereof. And you shall not clear away the bad thereof all at once, lest the roots thereof should be too strong for the graft, and the graft thereof shall perish, and I lose the trees of my vineyard. For it grieveth me that I should lose the trees of my vineyard. Wherefore, ye shall clear away the bad according as the good shall grow, that the root and the top may be equal in strength, until the good shall overcome the bad, and the bad shall be hewn down and cast into the fire, that they cumber not the ground of my vineyard. And thus will I sweep away the bad out of my vineyard. This quote from verse 66 is essential. Ye shall clear away the bad according as the good shall grow. Now, this process is similar to what we discussed a couple weeks ago, and the fact that the Savior is repeating it bears witness to its importance. Change has to be intentional. Eliminating bad habits and bad thoughts happens most effectively when we replace them with good habits and good thoughts. Like the growing of the tree, this is done slowly and deliberately. Each bad branch gets removed because a new good one is growing in its place. And I think this speaks to the pattern of how we can improve as well. Perhaps instead of focusing on removing bad habits or thoughts, we can focus on developing good ones. And as the good ones develop, they will naturally crowd out the bad ones. Um, I'm not saying this is an all or nothing situation. I don't think you need to immediately stop trying to end all bad habits and just focus all your energies on creating good ones. But I think some people often find frustration in trying to fight those bad habits. They try and they try and they find that they're just unsuccessful in doing that. And what I'm suggesting is if that has been a pattern with you, then maybe you take some of that emotional strength that you're using to fight the bad habits and reallocate that to developing some good habits. And the point is, when we change, we cannot come back to the same house using the parable example that we left. We need to make changes to that house in order for growth and change to last. Uh, now let's look at a lesson taught by the Savior in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. And this is a very oft-quoted scripture. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now surely this invitation gives hope to all who struggle with emotional and mental health issues. These issues are heavy. They cause us to labor and they are grievous to be born. But note the sequence of events in the invitation and how it requires action on our part. We come unto him first. We take his yoke upon us and we learn of him. All of this begins with our choices. We are not brought to him by some other effort. The yoke is not placed upon us by someone else. We come and we take action. Now, I've always been a little perplexed by verse 30, where it says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I've thought, how is that possible? Because no one has ever borne a heavier yoke or more substantial burden than the Savior. The weight of all of our salvation was on, of all of our salvation was on his shoulders. So how could this be light? And I think the answer is partially found in the account when he was asleep on the boat during the storm. 
It wasn't about the outside circumstances, but how he perceived those circumstances that affected his emotions. He knew he wouldn't die in the storm, so he had no fear. Even though the Savior's burden was truly great, I think that knowing he was going to bless so many people and be the means of their redemption, that that made that burden seem light to him. And this is just a reminder that changing the way that we think about things changes the way we feel about things. Going to the Savior can bring you rest, but only if you start to see things differently and are willing to align your beliefs with truth. Now, if you're new to this podcast, I always end with an invitation to act. And here's just a general reminder about these weekly invitations. Don't worry about doing all of them. Uh, Just listen. And if there's one that speaks to you that seems like this is something that you could do, then I invite you to try to implement it in your life. So here's this week's invitation. I want you to think about a negative pattern in your life that you've tried to change and have experienced little success or less success than you'd like. So then instead of employing all your efforts to focus on that negative pattern, I want you to think about a positive pattern that you believe would help eliminate that negative pattern. So something that might be the opposite of that or that would help counteract the effects of that negative pattern. Then just write down some ideas of what you could do to increase that positive pattern in your life and create a plan to start to move in that direction. I do have free worksheets that you can download to help you remember and implement this week's and former week's invitations. To find out how to get these, just sign up for my email newsletter, and you can find that link in the show notes. I also invite you to subscribe to the podcast so you can easily access new episodes each week. And please share this with anyone you feel could benefit from that. I've also launched a new mental health consultation program where you can view webinars, get insights, and use tools to help make progress towards greater mental health. It's called the Keep Moving Forward program. You can click on the link in the show notes for more information. I would love if you'd go check it out uh, and see if it's something that you think could help you or others. Thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com.